Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your Discovery Liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting-edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and crunchy mama, and my side chick. Side chick over here. I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison. And we also have a very beautiful blonde guest with us today. So if you're seeing another face because you're watching us on YouTube, um, can you tell us about who this chick is? Because Yeah, can I almost, can I say that I almost called you my side piece? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I corrected you. I had to side chicken and didn't. It's no better, but you know, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> partner in crime. Partner in crime, all the things. We have Miss Savannah with us, which we are so excited to talk to her today. She is a women's personal trainer and a pre and postnatal specialist. She also inspires and educates and empowers and supports women to just achieve their optimal health by finding sustainable approaches to healthy habits. So we're super excited to have her and be able to sit down and have a awesome conversation. Before we kind of dive into things, Savannah, can you tell us just how you got here? What What's your background? What led you to become what you are today? Yeah, so I'm so stoked to be on and happy birthday. <laughs> I feel like I have to say this over the air. It's Dr. Susie's birthday. When you're listening to this, her, it's her birthday. It's a month uh, late. Okay. You should have a month later. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I let's see, I've been in this, oh my gosh, literally, like maybe even today to the day, I have been in the industry for 10 years because it was September of 2013 so which is you doesn't that make you just feel old <laughs> yeah and it's my birthday thank you I know <laughs> when, when did we become adults I didn't sign up for this <laughs> didn't either. I mean I have I have like moments every freaking day now you know where I'm like man I really I am I am old I am I am not a young a young buck anymore but yeah so I've been in this for 10 years which is wild and I have come so far I really wish like that my husband and I were together when I first got started because I feel like he of all people could have really like seen that evolution you know because if I look back at just like you know Instagram posts I did from 2013 2014 because I was you know trying to be an influencer back in the early influencer days like way back when you know terrible quality video like all that stuff um but from then till now or if I think about like how I programmed for clients or like what it was that was even like my mission statement or anything. I mean, it was just so different. So I did start off actually wanting to be 
um, a holistic nutritionist. And I was like, well, shoot, like everyone's telling me I got to go the dietitian route first to legally like practice in Florida. And I was not wanting to do that. I took a nutrition course thinking like, okay, fine, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll suck it up. I took my first nutrition course in college and was like, this just feels wrong. Like I don't, I don't, I don't agree with really anything they're saying. And I was quickly realizing how funded it all is. And I was just like, upset and I was disagreeing with my professors I went on a nutrition trip to Italy with them and that was like kind of when I was like you know I was having a lot of conversations with the professors there and I just couldn't I couldn't agree so I was like I can't do this um you know if that means I can't like legally practice in Florida fine so I just kind of gave up I didn't really like go into it anymore I was like I guess we got to do something else um but at that same time in my life I was um just becoming a uh, it's called the role is called a fitness fledgling fitness fledgling I just turned potato what you know those like long potatoes yeah what are those called oh, like oh, there's another word <laughs> I, and it sounds like that word you just whatever I'm gonna stay oh, on the thing not french fries no a wedge oh Okay. I'm no, the ones that come in the can and they're like potato chips and they're crispy. No, no. Like, like <laughs> the ones at fancy restaurants. Palm freaks? Oh my God. I'm going to Google it. Keep talking, please. So you potatoes. <laughs> um, fledgling. Potato. Fitness fledgling. <laughs> so we have I, it's early. I, I'm trying to think what even what it could be that you're thinking of right now. Yeah, you keep talking. I'm Googling. Okay. Go. okay, okay. Um, so I became like a little fitness fledgling at my school's gym. It was a really nice gym. And they have like they start you at the bottom, which is the fledgling position where you're like racking the weights for people. What is it? What is it? Fingerling. That's a totally different thing. You guys, uh, it was close. Fingerling. That is close. Fingerling and fledgling. You can see how my brain went there. Wait. Well, now I'm going to think of myself as a potato. <laughs> a little you for potato that. that tastes really good when it's all done up. Okay. I'm going to get it together. <laughs> all right. Uh, we were listening. <laughs> fitness so, so fitness potato. <laughs> so, so I was, I was like, I basically started at the bottom, right? I was like racking people's weight. I was spotting people. I was like taking like newcomers through like a tour of the gym or even like teaching them how to like use the little machines and stuff like the true beginners. And that was about it. You don't have to have like a certification to do that. But quickly, like a month into that, my boss was like, listen, I really think you need to get your personal training certification. Like we need more trainers at the gym. And I really need a spin instructor to take over because some other instructor is leaving. And I was like, I, I don't even like take spin classes. What are you talking about? Like, I don't, I don't do that. And I, at this point I had like huge stage fright, like ter- I could not talk. I, I could not public speak. So I was just trying to understand how I was going to pull this off. And I don't know why she chose me. Like I was, I was so confused and full circle moment is she's my neighbor now. She lives four doors down and, yeah. and she's, and I operate my gym out of my garage. So she's always like, so I get free sessions, right? <laughs> she's like, where's my commission? <laughs> she's like, you know, I created you. She's obviously joking, but I think it's true. I'm like, I do owe all this to her. So so she pushed me out of my comfort zone. I quickly did like one of those like three-day um, certifications in person. Yeah. I don't know how you're supposed to retain all this information. I did not. I I walked away with a piece of paper and that was 
that was it okay and I think I I remembered how to do the skin caliper like fat test where you pinch mm-hmm. people's fat no. I have never I will never do that Ew. no I was like I was pretty skinny at that time and I remember someone pinching my facts we had to practice on each other and I was just like oh my god uh-uh you know like we're not doing that to people so I did already know right away like I wasn't gonna be degrading people (laughs) what'd you say we are gonna be pinching fat right I wasn't pinching people's fat that wasn't gonna be my overall like vibe I knew that but that's pretty much all I knew um and I was desperate to get clients right when in the beginning stages you're just desperate to get clients um so yeah got my certification was pushed to start teaching these spin classes and my first spin class you guys was it was sad. <laughs> it was really sad. Like I, I was basically crying. Like I was holding back tears on the bike because I was so nervous. And I, you know, my voice was uh, like, my voice was so shaky. I, I couldn't look a single um, student in the eye. I couldn't, I couldn't, I was just like staring at the wall, like, you know, trying not to throw up. And I could tell everyone was hating it. Everyone was kind of like looking at each other. Everyone was looking like pissed off. And cause, especially because I was filling in for someone really good. So um, my boss afterwards, she goes, we're going to have to do that again. <laughs> and I was just I was mortified. And she's like, we're not, you know, you're going to keep doing this, but we got to work on some things. So it took me a while. And then I did finally start getting like clients of my own too, personal training clients. And I... <laughs> You guys, my first client, she was my age, a cool, like a sweet girl, like went to school at the school I went to. I didn't know any better. And I thought, you know, the only way to keep a client is to kill them that first session. They want to be murdered. That's like, that's it, right? Like you got to, you got to impress them with how hard you are. So that's what I did with this poor deconditioned girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. What? I said, oh, no. No, it was bad. It was bad. So we go through, like, the whole workout. She's dying, but, you know, it's okay. I literally – I still have the notes somewhere, like, my, you know, workout I wrote for her. I decided to finish it with what I called this stairway to hell. (laughs) Oh, please don't. No, you did not do this to this poor girl. It gets gets way worse. So – I'm, like, crying thinking about it. I'm, like, sweating. It was was a bad moment. (laughs) So, um, <laughs> so, bad. so I say we're going to do, I think it was like 10 calf raises on every stair step. Like, and it was like this long staircase in the gym. Okay. So it's a two story gym. Haven't you by this point? Oh yeah. of course. I, mean, I had already kicked her butt and I was like, we're going to do this finisher. So it was like 10 or something calf raises on every single step. There was probably 20 steps and, and it's like, you know, full range of motion on and off the stair it's not just like doing it standing up on the ground so it's right. extra hard the poor girl is trembling shaking I'm like keep going I've never even done this I've never done that workout and I was just like keep going okay she's like I can't walk ha 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 and I'm like ha 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 yeah good job see you next week okay two days later or maybe like a day later I get a text from her saying hey I ended up in the hospital from your workout um I have rhabdomyolysis I think is how you say it yes and I had to Google it. I'm like, you had, you have what? I mean, I literally it. So much lactic acid buildup. Yeah, that's so, a like her, her muscles were like, yeah. I mean, it was literally terrible. Her, I like killed. I basically like, killed her muscle, her calf muscles. And you know, it could be really dangerous. Um, she was in the hospital for a few days, and she did come out. And then I brought her ice cream and an apology letter, and was like, we're good, right? And I, I don't think 
she kept training with me, obviously. I can't remember. Maybe we did like one more session because she already paid for it or something. I don't know. But I mean, it was really bad. And my school, it was like, it's a public university and this became an issue. Like I got called into like the superintendent's office and they were like, you know, like, do you think they're going to sue because her family is well off? And they're like, do you think I just they're going to take action? I was terrible. I'm like, I'm 19. I don't, I just was putting her through a workout and now you're telling me I am like eligible to get sued for this. And I think the school, I, I think, you know, the school really would cover my butt with that because I think it would be on the school, but um, yeah, it was really bad. All is well. We have improved since then, but that was my first client. <laughs> I have grown so much. I pretty much at that point was like, oh, we're not supposed to like kill people in yeah. the first session, like literally send them to the hospital. So I did learn, but I still didn't, I still didn't like get it. I didn't really get how to program. Honestly, I don't know if it was just, this was honestly kind of a cheap certification. It was AFA, my first one, but I don't, they didn't talk about programming. Like it was such a quick thing. Maybe they just didn't have time. It was a three day in person thing. Right. But they didn't teach me how to like write an optimal program. They sure as hell didn't talk about what the pelvic floor is or what your transverse abdominus is. I had no idea. And so I spent like, um, if I was 19, I probably spent the next mathing three to five years. Yeah. Three to five years. Just like guessing, just really like, oh, you know, this looks good. Yeah. yeah like, like, this is, like, I saw this on Instagram, you know, like, I really didn't know. And I didn't know how to program for myself. I didn't know how to program for anyone. I did do a bikini competition um, in 2015, and that was a wake-up call for me that I didn't want to support that kind of stuff because it felt really disordered. Every single girl that I was competing with was like, I'm fat, you know, and they're gaunt. They're a skeleton, you know, and they're like freaking out. They're pinching their own fat. They're, you know, like obsessing over, you know, the carbs and stuff. And I'm just not, I'm not that person that I never have been. So I was like cheating all the time. I was like, I was like eating spoonfuls of peanut butter. I'm like, my coach will never know. I mean, it showed on stage when I wasn't that lean, but you know, I was just like, it's fine because I was so malnourished. They had me on 32 grams of fat a day. Oh, they cut my fat. I told you that. I, so I did it in 2012 and because my body wasn't responding, they cut all the fat out of my diet, all of the all fat, fat, all of the fat. Like, do we understand how bad for our brains that is? Like people don't understand that you need that good fat, not like the fun fat, but the good fat to literally fuel your brain. Yeah. I was about to say, talk about baby brain or Swiss cheese brain. Like, right. And I, oh my gosh, you guys just triggered a memory for me. My peak week, right. So like right before stage, when I'm literally everything's slashed, I'm, I'm starving. That was exam week. Oh no. <laughs> I will never forget that. And I remember thinking like, this sucks. I like really don't feel like, you know, can cognitively function. No, sh no. Can I press on this? Yeah. Um, okay. You yeah. can say that word. No shoot. You can say PG, <laughs> PG, PG words. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. I censor myself all day. Okay. Just not the F word. Yeah. Not George oh. Carlin's. So yeah, don't go that, that way. Not that don't, way. Don't worry. Reference. I'll share that with you. Okay. I'll share it with you later. I'm like, I don't get it. Someone needs to tell me. I'm glad that I you held it. I'm glad you don't know that reference. So. I don't know like any references, honestly. Whenever someone references anything, I'm like, 
Yeah. <laughs> I pretend all the time. And the only one to call me out on it is my husband. He's like, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. And I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, then why did you say yes? <laughs> like, it's just a reflex at this point. But you're, you're asking questions. That's what we need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, gosh, now I'm like such a tangent. Oh, um, I was going to cuss. Oh, got it. Okay, so basically I was like, yeah, no shit. I can't think because there's no fat in my diet. So quickly I did that competition was like, all right, Deucey is like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not, this is, this is disordered. So then I decided I'm going to be, I'm going to go into psychology and I'm going to become a counselor for people with eating disorders because my mom does let me talk about this. So I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to leave her anonymous. My mom had an eating disorder, like my whole life, pretty much binge eating disorder. So it was really hard to see that. And I didn't really understand. And I remember learning about eating disorders in high school, like during whatever health class, they talked about it. And I don't remember if I brought it up to my mom or if I just told her what we were learning about. And she said, I think I have that. Well, either way, it was brought up when I was in high school. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting and like really sad, but I didn't really get it other than that. So then fast forward to college, one of my best friends, I don't know that she had one, but it's very much seemed like it and everyone was really concerned. So seeing it like so close to me and different eating disorders, I was like, you know what? That's it. That's my life goal. Like I'm going to help people with binge eating disorder. So I kind of pivot to that. Right. And I don't end up, it all required way too much school. To be honest with you, I hate school. I hate it. I hate it. I just want to, I was a personal trainer at 19. I was like, I'm already doing what I love to do. Like, why do I want to go like go into all this debt into grad school and like not really have that much time to even do what I love, which is training. And like, I just don't. Ugh, ugh. So I kind of pivoted again. I graduated just with a BA, BA, yeah, BA in psychology, like nothing impressive. And I um, would just kept training. And that's literally what I've done since I was 19. So <laughs> since then, I kind of pivoted again, I did get a certi certification with the Institute of Psychology of Eating. It was interesting. It was, it was interesting. I, I, I learned how to motivational interview. So through that, it was, but the whole point was to like, you know, work with people with eating disorders, but obviously not as their counselor, just more like, I don't, it's, it's a little like on a fine line there, like legally. So I don't really. Maybe. What's that? Almost like a coaching level. Yeah. It, it was a coaching level, yeah. but it, it was just kind of like, eh, and I didn't really do anything with it. I didn't feel equipped enough to work with someone with an eating disorder still and not that that's what they were saying you were doing but it was definitely like they were trying to help people with bad relationships with food and I just I don't know I didn't feel confident enough at that time so I ended up working for Noom do you know really? what Noom is really yeah interesting do you know what Noom is? no do, you, do I know what it is so Noom is that psychological oh I do know weight loss program yeah <laughs> So interesting. So, I want to more about this. This is interesting. But it's like uh, it's like online though, right? It's like a uh, yeah. website and like all. Yes, okay, I have seen it. So Noom, all my friends, because I had a bunch of like personal trainer friends. We all worked at the same gym, and a bunch of them started working for Noom. And honestly, it's the most terrible pay I've ever heard of. But um, <laughs> like at the time, as a trainer, a young trainer, you're like, oh, that's great pay. Apparently, it's like really easy, you know, and you get benefits, which is awesome as an independent contractor. Like you don't get benefits. So and we were all kind of coming around that age where we're like almost 26. We're about to get off our parents' health insurance. Like we kind of need 
something steady too, in addition to in-person training. So me and all my friends became Noom coaches and that was huge on motivational interviewing. So I really refined my craft there with like how to do that and, you know, how to have the, the client lead like their fitness and health journey, not you lead them and tell them what to do. So I am very thankful for that. But once again, the whole time I am coaching these people, first of all, I'm coaching like 300 clients a day. It's insane. You, You can't, people would accuse you of being a robot because you literally can't not be a robot. You have to be like, that's great. I hear that, you know, you're doing well with your walking this week. What is a tangible goal for the next week? Like you can't be personable. And I would, because I just can't not be. And I would be so behind. I was always in trouble for being behind. (laughs) Cause I was like, I can't not like, like this girl's pouring out her heart to me about like her dad died and now she's binge eating. And like, you know, like I can't just be like, you know, sounds like you had a rough week. Like I can't do that. (laughs) So it was really, um, it was eye opening to me because even this program that like claims to be really like psychological and healthy, which it is very like, I love the psychology part to it. It's awesome. Um, But a lot of people were finding themselves in a bad relationship with food still, because it's all about, at least at the time, you know, it could be totally different now. So this is, this is just me talking about the past. Um, They had like food, like colors for each food. So green is like, you associate green with good. Yeah. Right. Yellow, you would associate with like, like moderate, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Every now and then it's not yeah. a daily thing. And then and red, <laughs> do not eat, do not go there. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Yeah, ex- exactly. And unfortunately that wasn't really the case because yellow foods would be fats. So avocado was a yellow food. What? <laughs> So the green, it was all about calorie, caloric density, right? So the green foods were vegetables and lean meats. And so that's what these people were trained to think. I can only eat green foods. And I would constantly, and I'm sure all the other coaches did too, would constantly be like, no, 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 no. Like, I know that that is how our brains are just wired based on these color systems. But like, no, 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 like you can't, you need to eat yellow foods too. And even, you know, have a couple red foods from time to time. But no, it, it triggered a lot of people to be afraid of certain foods again. And as we just discussed, fats are good. Fats are awesome for your brain. So it was really frustrating to see that. And people were so focused on the weight because that was a huge part of it, it was, oh, I didn't gain any, or didn't lose any weight this week. And it was just, ugh. so I think I lasted a year and that was all during COVID, which was great. Like, I'm so thankful for COVID because like, I got to kind of just like take a step back and be like, what do I want to do? And, you know, it was nice to have like a, a st- steady job still because everything was shut down, including gyms. So I'm yeah. thankful for that job. It definitely, it taught me a lot and it got me to, uh, it kind of got me to the place I am now because I was able to back off on in-person clients just a little bit as I prepared to open my in-person studio. So, and that was like right at the that was like fall of 2020. So like people were kind of coming out of their, you know, hibernation and people weren't as afraid. And honestly, everyone, everyone was like, get me back in the gym. Like I'm so sick of home workouts. So it was a perfect time. My husband and I lucked out and were able to buy a home June of 2020. So before things got crazy and expensive and that's what we needed to start this in-person studio. So our house still honestly like is a wreck. Like we're just now, like Alex is doing it this week, scraping popcorn off the ceilings. Like it's not a cute house. Like I'm not proud of it. I don't invite people over because I'm like, it's ugly. Don't look inside here. But it's because, (laughs) what'd you say? 
yet. You'll invite people over when it's all ready and pretty and done. Invite them over in the mess. It, they don't care That's if true. they're real friends. It does not matter. My house has been under construction for since before we got married. Although it's I do understand removing the popcorn. Yeah. Popcorn you know drive. what? <laughs> you know, it's true though, because I, if I go over to someone's house and it's a mess or it's just not cute, I'm never like, the only thing I care about is if all of their blinds are drawn. Like I, when I go in a house and it's dark in the day, I'm like, are you okay? Are you a vampire? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, but so we spent pretty much all of our money and all of our savings on opening this home studio. Okay. So we did that. I launched at end of October, 2020 and literally all the clients I had followed me. And then like, I got 15 more new clients because everyone was so stoked for this. So I've been doing that ever since it's been almost three years and it's all women. It didn't start this way, but I've really niched down since then. So I was like training a couple guys, but pretty much all women. And, um, I didn't realize it at the time that I opened the studio, but I was pregnant. And, um, two weeks later after officially opening, I got the positive test and I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> like this is a curveball. Um, I didn't, I wasn't planning on this. And this is obviously a job where, as we kind of were talking about before we start recording this, like, it's a job that you have to be there for. And what am I going to do for maternity leave? And, and I'll, I will lose my entire income. I will lose clients. Like, what the heck am I going to do? So it's not that we didn't want kids, but this wasn't exactly the ideal time. <laughs> so we're like, oh, okay, we're, I guess we're okay. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? I told my husband, Alex, I was like, this is great. I've been looking for my like niche. I haven't had a niche. My niche has just been like women. <laughs> like that's, that was really it. I didn't really have, I don't know. I, I didn't have anything I could be like, that's it. That's the trainer I am. That's the direction I want to go. There was nothing I really like loved besides like strength training. And I was like, this isn't differentiating me enough. Like I want to be known as like a certain kind of trainer. And then the second I got pregnant, I'm like, holy cow. Well, I already want to know more about how to train for myself when I'm pregnant like why wouldn't I get a certification in this so like immediately about a pre-postnatal certification it was the fit for birth one which mm -hmm. the guy's name is James I don't remember his last name right now but James something it was good it was it was a good certification I learned a lot um and then I'm now doing another one because I want to learn like even more about like the anatomy like just more like in-depth stuff from Dr. Sarah Duvall. So she's like a physical therapist and she's just like genius. So I did that and I quickly like started getting pregnant clients and um, I didn't really take on postnatal clients until after I already gone, had gone through my postpartum journey. Cause I just didn't, I didn't know yet. Like I wanted to like test things out on myself and like, you know, put what I learned into practice first before I was like, messing with someone with diastasis recti. So I did that and like flight of stairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pressing them down the flight of stairs. That's true. <laughs> I um I'm really glad I told you that story. <laughs> Me too. Me too. You're just gonna like randomly whisper it in the microphone like stairs. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like triggered back to that memory. It was not a good memory. <laughs> But you learned from it and you grew and that's all that, that matters is it's okay to make mistakes. We all need learning points. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. So, I look back at some of, I mean, when I first started practicing, I look back on some of the stuff and it was never harmful, but I look back and I'm like, huh, like why? You know, you I just mean, learn and you grow and you adapt. It really makes me, it makes me feel better. <laughs> the more you know. 
Mike. The more you know. <laughs> so I and I think I do also think I we've talked about this with some other kind of specialists too that like you really do have to go through your own something to make you the best at that thing. So yeah. like I totally am a believer that like you got pregnant right when you were supposed to to put you through the journey of then becoming more of a specialist in pregnancy, postpartum or prenatal, whatever it is. And you have to go through it in order to really connect to the women who are going through it. You know, that's exactly right. It's actually funny because my mom, like maybe two or three years before I ever got pregnant, I remember she texted me one day and she's like, I have a great idea. Why don't you become a pre-postnatal personal trainer? And I was like, mom, no, like I have no desire to do that. Like, that's just, that's not my life stage. Like, I don't even know anyone that's pregnant. And that was just the truth. So I just, I wasn't there. I wasn't ready. And truly, I don't think I would go to a pre-postnatal trainer that had, didn't have her own kids. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's great ones out there that haven't had kids, but it, it's just, you, you get it. You empathize a lot more too. Like when they're saying, you know, that they're really out of breath or that they're really tired. I'm like, no, I actually get it. <laughs> right. we were, I get it. I told Anna Gate, I was like, okay, I've officially come to the point where I get out of breath talking. So don't worry, just keep going. I'm <laughs> but forewarning. <laughs> like no uterus no opinion so if you're a guy right. trainer and you're training me on pre and postnatal i mean what How? you don't know like right. you cannot do my hormones because you are not a female right can i interject here with something so random but this made me think about it what i had this is so not needed information but it's needed at the same time so two i don't know like two years ago i was pregnant with jada and i had have you guys ever had an ingrown toenail yeah oh they're the worst. Yeah. Like they hurt so bad. And I let it go for like six months. Literally, I was like trying to just do it on my own or whatever. And finally, like my toe, my big toe was huge. It was red, like hot. And I'm like, okay, I should probably go see somebody. So I went to see a podiatrist and they put like the numbing stuff in the toe, but it really didn't work. And so then he has to go under the nail bed, all the way under the nail bed on your toe. And my hands were sweating. I mean, it was painful. And I have had two babies before that and it was painful and he, this dude looks up at me and he goes it's kind of like preparing for birth right no and i was like no you are you are extracting a toenail this is nothing he's like or he said he was like i'm giving you good practice for birth and i was like what the like please don't mansplain no. the pain levels between birth and a freaking toenail birth okay. is like breaking 50 bones at once like do no, not that's, that's a fair that's a I like I like that description Anna. It, it is like breaking 50 bones at once I that I am personal experience I've just heard but I'm like so oh, oh but you don't you have not a kid have it. you don't have any kids okay remember medical mystery overachiever so with all of my stuff I don't know if I can and if I can keep a baby like we're figuring that out and I'm a little bit mm. So if the little fetus would be safe. Yeah. So we want to do what's best. So if it's not that it's foster or adoption or whatever God has planned, mm -hmm. I, we will love babies and whatever, whatever that leads to. But I'm, I think I'm at the place now where I'm okay with God's got whatever another, meant to be. yeah, God's got another plan. Cause I, I mean, if I stay up too late, my body falls apart. So. <laughs> it's true. Babies are a lot. Babies. You know, babies are for young people. So, 
I mean, if you're already, if you're already exhausted adding no, another baby, okay. I have to say that I'm like, go through it for the first, like my first, I was 24 turning 25. And then between that, even between that and like 28 was a big difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, no. Yeah, it you're was. Me. <laughs> I mean, just in the newborn phase, because like at 24, 25, you're still like in a space where like sleep doesn't really now like you're just like that's what, like people are still partying at le- yeah. right I was like at least I was like still going out partying like whatever so then a newborn comes along and you're just like whatever I'm used to not having sleep anyway but then even a couple of years later with having one and then going through that newborn phrase again it, it's just different it does get harder for sure yeah. where I look at women who are 43 45 I mean I just had a I went to a home birth mom maybe like six months ago who was 48 and it, it was a whoopsie daisy. Her oldest or her youngest was 15. But I, like, I look at that. I'm like, I, it's true. Like, yeah. it is true. It would be so much harder, even just a couple years older to have a newborn yeah. than it is when you're younger. But anyways, we digress. I digest. Digest. Let's talk about all things prenatal then. Yes. Since you are oh. here, you have gone through it. Recently. Recently. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about just caring for yourself during pregnancy from your perspective when you are helping a client who is pregnant what are the biggest things that you look at the biggest things you want to protect the biggest things you want to prepare for all that I love that question okay so I guess first thing I need every client honestly not even just prenatal clients the first thing I do in someone's in-person consult is I make sure that they're breathing optimally and then we go into like if they are breathing optimally then we'll you know, move on to, can we engage the pelvic floor? Can we engage the deep core? But if they literally don't even know how to, if they've been breathing suboptimally for a while, then we just work on that. Because people I notice get really overwhelmed and in their head about it. They're like, because I've, I've had a lot of people come in and they reverse breathe, you know, where they like breathe up into, or they inhale. Yeah. I can't even, I can't even do it, right? Because I breathe correctly. When they inhale, their stomach sucks in, right? And that is, no. It's amazing how everybody everybody thinks that's actually how you're supposed to breathe. And then what I've noticed is, I mean, just through my own journey with pelvic floor and all that is it's hard for people when you're so used to breathing like that to then do it properly on its own, but then do it properly while you're moving, Mm -hmm. you know, like while you're doing squats or while you're jump roping or whatever it is like box, like step ups, anything you have to literally think about how to breathe and then think about the action that your body's doing. That is such a good point. And it is really overwhelming for people. And like, even when people do normally properly breathe, but they're in my sessions, they'll constantly be second guessing, when am I supposed to inhale? When am I supposed to exhale? And I'm like, okay, you like you've been with me for years. Like, it's just people really overthink it. And like, it doesn't have to be this complicated. Like once we, once we make it like a natural part of living, like it's crazy that we have to learn how to breathe. Like it's literally insane to me. I'm sure you have insight on that too. I feel like it probably has a lot to do with the nervous system. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things of, you know, like, okay, so let's walk them. Let's walk our discoverers how to breathe, lay on the floor, put your hand on your chest and a hand on your belly and you're focusing on your diaphragm. Your diaphragm is what's moving to make space for your inhale. So your belly has to expand because you're pushing your diaphragm down because you're filling your lungs up with air and then slowly letting it out. And then your your um, diaphragm pushes back up into your lungs to push the air out. So your belly 
goes down. So if you're focused on that hand going up and down and just do that before you get out of bed or when you go to bed at night, just lay down and practice on your breathing. Because most of the time we're feeling like I should, I should expand my chest. Well, yeah. it's not just your chest that fill, fills up your lungs. It's pushing that diaphragm out to push, to fill up your lungs and vice versa. And it just takes, it just takes practice, but nobody teaches us how to do that. And that's a great way to practice is take 20 breaths before you get out of bed. And when you get in bed, just put your hand in. Oh, I like that. Push your hand, push your hand in and out with your diaphragm, not your lungs. Don't worry about your lungs. Focus on your diaphragm. You nailed that. That's a very good description. I took my nootropics today. <laughs> I have her on all the good, good brain stuff. <laughs> I know. Like, at least she has a good brain for us. I got postpartum brain. You got baby brain. We are in trouble. Talking about fingerling potatoes. <laughs> we are in. You know, when Anna Kate's holding it together, something's wrong. Yes. <laughs> okay. So back to breathing. Breathing, oh. number one staple with any client. Yeah. And but continue forward with specifically a prenatal. So, but definitely in prenatal clients really got to get the breathing down because that's going to help, you know, protect their integrity of their linea alba, the, you know, connective tissue between their six pack muscles, the rectus abdominis. So we want that connective tissue to be really well supported. And the only way it's going to be well supported throughout pregnancy, because it's going to stretch to make room for the baby. So the only way it's going to be well supported is if we have proper optimal breathing patterns. And same with the pelvic floor, right? The poor pelvic floor gets so used and abused throughout pregnancy. And then if you give birth vaginally, especially, you know, I mean, it's forget about it. <laughs> we're all used in abuse. <laughs> so, but like I, I, this was really eye opening for me was I found out I had a prolapse, um, second degree prolapse or whatever, level two, level two prolapse during this pregnancy. And that was really eye opening to me because I do everything. I, you know, I make sure all my breaths are efficient. I'm like, you know, I'm rolling in and out of bed. Like I am, I'm a perfectionist with it because I know too much. Um, so I was like, I went to my pelvic floor physical therapist and was like, hello, like, what am I doing wrong? I am so like confused right now. And she's like, girl, you're fine. Like, this is honestly just a part of pregnancy sometimes. Like you could be doing everything right, but it's because of like relaxing, coursing through your veins. Right. And just the pressure of your pelvic or the baby pushing down on your pelvic floor. Like sometimes it's just going to happen. You know, she's like, but thank God, you know, how to mitigate the effects of that, right? Because it was, it wasn't like terrible. I was still able to do everything that I've ever done. Um, but I, there was just like this little bit of pressure for a little bit. Um, but basically all that to say, a lot can go wrong in pregnancy, not to do with the baby. I feel like everyone thinks pregnancy safe exercises are like to keep the baby safe. No, like the, I used to think that too. Like, oh, you can't do uh, crunches anymore because it's going to hurt the baby. No, the baby's fine. We're talking about you. We're actually like, like, which is amazing that I guess here, side tangent, but right, like the the whole medical system really loves to put focus on like mom and baby in pregnancy and then they forget about the mom in postpartum. So at least, you know, <laughs> they are worried about the mom and that, and that um, you know, like blank statement that they give no crunches no push-ups no you know whatever so it's about your the integrity of your linea alba so we're trying to prevent you from getting diastasis recti you know later on the separation of the abs um or prolapse or you know a whole list of things that could go wrong for your body so i like to start with the breathing for a prenatal client especially we go into that can we you know put, make them put their hands around their rib cage can we direct the breath into the ribs overflow of the breath can go down into the belly but you know we want the ribs to move front side and back and then i always tell them to close their eyes and think like okay 
I want you to visualize your pelvic floor and, you know, visualize like your ribs and your diaphragm. I explain where the diaphragm is like you just did, Anna Kate. And I'm like, okay, so on your inhale, do you feel how your pelvic floor is just kind of like relaxing? Like it's just, it's just opening. Like you could like slip a little tampon in there right now. You know, it wouldn't be a big deal. Like it wouldn't hurt because it's, it's just relaxed. It's open. Okay. And then on your exhale, just a natural exhale through your nose. Like we're not doing a forced exhale yet just through your nose as you exhale do you just feel that little rise of your pelvic floor like it just you know just naturally lifts a little bit nothing crazy just you know kind of goes up like a jellyfish tentacles I like to like to do that <laughs> visual Good. I mean, so it's, just kinda... it's literally what I would put with emotion yep, totally. yeah totally perfect so yeah just like like moving your pelvic I am too this whole time I'm like oh yeah that is yeah. like this yeah. I love that you're doing, you're getting some like pelvic floor work in. I love it. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, same, very much same. <laughs> so, you know, we start with that and then, you know, on their, on their exhale as well as the pelvic floor naturally lifts, right? The, the ribs kind of go back down, like you were saying, Anna Kate, and it's really, it's, we just start there like super basic and that is the foundation of people's training. So once they got that down, then we'll go into, okay. So now we're going to do like a forced exhale. Like I like to do like a, like a snake or a sh some people like a ha, they all kind of, you know, engage different parts. So I like to say mess around with it. My personal preference is like a snake. Some people like the shoes, some people like the ha, whatever it is. As you do that forced exhale through your mouth, now we are going to like, you know, actually lift the pelvic floor up. Like you use your pelvic floor muscles from back to front. So start like you're holding back a fart then like you're, you know, actually squeezing the vagina and like all the way up to the front. Like, so that whole thing, holding back a fart, holding back pee and everything in between. So that's on your exhale. And then from there, can we engage the deep core, which to me is like super, super important because no one knows how. And I, you guys, I need to find like my old Instagram videos of like me working out because it was atrocious. Like I had no idea. And I always thought I like have like a nice little natural layer of fat on my lower tummy because a lot of people hold it there and I'm one of those people but besides that I was so self-conscious in my stomach and I didn't lose any weight all I did was learn how to engage my deep core and suddenly my stomach looked amazing like it's in it's insane it was so flat right because I learned how to engage what is like the corset right for your organs <laughs> like it's literally hugging everything in nice and tight even when I'm not engaging it so then we work on that, engaging your transverse abdominis. And I like that they, you know, it's like your core muscles because they're running, uh, how do you say that? Laterally? Brain, yeah. brain, laterally. Yep. <laughs> Is that right? Parallel to your parallel. parallel to your hips. Yep. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, thank you. She, she really did take her new trophies. I almost said perpendicular for that. I'm like, nope. No, that is that's way. <laughs> they but they run like this for everyone watching a video um and you know so they're wrapping around everything in the lower tummy um so for that you know we really just work on hands on those hip bones and then imagining them coming together like drawing closer together on an exhale so all of that you know I don't want to overwhelm anyone any more than that but we go through that very like basic uh foundation and then from there we practice like can we keep that deep 360 degree breath I like to call it like a preparation breath because that's what you're going to do to prepare for any single lift or exercise you do is take the deep breath into your ribs and diaphragm, exhale through the mouth, pull pelvic floor up, wrap deep core in. Now hold that brace. So like as you have a like visible belly baby bump, you will see, you know, baby hugged in, right? So like hugging the baby, 
and you want to hold that brace or that hug the entire time you're squatting, you know, or whatever the exercise is, especially for core work, especially for core work. So that's kind of step two. Can we hug baby? And it's so much easier once you do have a visible bump, you know, like, oh, see, look, like it's he or she's like being hugged in right now. Like, see how he like disappeared? You see some really cool videos of that, don't you, online where people like they're like 39 weeks pregnant. And some of these people have such a strong, deep core. I mean, the baby gets sucked into the abyss. <laughs> yeah, I think like, especially, is he still there? Knock, knock. <laughs> I think especially like we forget about that when you're pregnant and your belly gets bigger, you kind of just let it hang out and you forget that like, Hey, no, engage those core muscles because you still got to work on them and how important yeah. that is to then delivery also. But I feel like so many women just let it like relax their abdominal muscles so much that then... because we've been sucking in our whole lives and suddenly we're uh praised for having a big belly yes. so okay because you grew up in in the south in florida mm-hmm. so this is a southern i think this is totally a southern thing that our moms taught us how to stand up with our shoulders back have good posture pull mm-hmm. that belly button into our spine and that's just a natural way of Mm-hmm. of being and so like I'll walk up to my husband and he like lets his abs go and I poke him in the belly and he was like I know I need to get rid of it I said just fix your posture that'll help you so much just yeah. fix your posture and I think it's other I really do think it's a southern thing because like you didn't know that did your mom teach you that when you were growing up of like this is how we we sit with our feet on the floor and we cross our ankles no, and we no. hold our uh, our core up and so we have that strength and it just never goes so I think it's a southern where in Florida uh, I grew up in St. Pete, like around Tampa. And now I'm in Jacksonville, but St. Pete's gorgeous. And that is very much, I mean, Jack's too, we're like right by, we're five minutes from the beach. But yeah, it's definitely, my dad, I think, taught me how to suck in because we would do, we would do um, yearly beach photos, like just in my bikini on the beach. Like he, he's so sweet. He does it for Christmas, birthday, Easter, and Aww. beach. And it's like, you know, me from zero to 17. And it's like this cute little photo album. But so every year we take like my bikini photos on the beach and he's like, they suck in. And he just, he's not saying it because, you know, he's just, it's just what he was taught to do too. And, and I do remember like always, like when I would suck in, I would flare my rib, my chest, I'd be breathing into my chest, you know, and that is like not what we want to do. So that's another thing just to quickly point out is I don't really use the cube belly button to spine. And I used to always, right. I've used to always say belly button to spine. And it's not like some people might take that and and do what you need to do. So it's not like that's like a bad cue, but I notice um, a lot of people end up kind of sucking in. Right. And doing what I just said, like, yeah. And it's just fixing your posture, keeping your, like you did in your video a couple of weeks ago, keeping your shoulders over your hips and your hips over your knees and your knees over your feet all in alignment. So you're not like Mm -hmm. all kind of, Gumby. Honestly, you know, I made that video though. Cause, and I admitted that in my caption, I made that video cause my, my husband, he comes up to me and he goes behind my shoulders. Cause when I have like breastfeeding posture, I don't oh, okay. bad this go around. He hasn't really done it to me this time. So I'm, I'm going to pretend that means I have good posture this time, but he would come up behind me when I was postpartum with Scarlett, he would, you know, sh- pull my shoulders back and he'd be like, stand up straight. And I'm like, what? I didn't even realize I was slouching. He's like, dude, <laughs> kind of gotta fix that so I really I do try hard now <laughs> um but yeah so basically moral of the story is we we go over all this stuff really trying hard to be able to work out functionally while still protecting the linea alba so like protecting the core you know for 
basic terms and protecting the pelvic floor. Um, and hopefully that means it'll be a pretty like, you know, pain-free, symptom-free pregnancy. Hopefully I really want to go over kind of what you were just saying, Cece, which is like the, hopefully your delivery will be a lot better because your deep core is going to be strong, which is what helps push the baby out, right? Those contractions, like our deep core is hugging baby whether or not we want it to during those contractions and then as we push baby out we really need that internal strength so um and I will say I do feel like I had because I had such a better understanding of my body this time around my labor was longer than it was the first time which was a cruel joke it was double the time I don't even after everyone goes, oh, the second one slips out. I'm like, oh, good, 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 good. Okay. You know, and I'm going into labor and I'm texting my doula. I'm having contractions. She's like, okay, you want to go to the hospital? I'm like, yes, do it. Like I'm thinking, you know, he's coming any second. No, no, he didn't. He took a sweet, sweet it, time. Everyone <laughs> loves to say that. And it's just not true. My third one, third one was 24 hour labor. Like, don't tell me they go by quicker every time. They don't. <laughs> well, one of, one of a girl I know that she had her third and she made it to the hospital had the baby in the elevator and like they picked her and the baby up and got him in like she couldn't even get out of the elevator fast enough and he Uh, was here I don't know that I want that either but honestly as you know that 24-hour labor that's um special and I'm just thankful my hospital like didn't make me rush like they they were totally cool with just letting me ride it out. But um, my pushing this time around was awesome. And I do really attribute that to, well, A, my doula, she is, she's way smarter than I am. She has been in the pre-postnatal space for forever. She was a nurse midwife back in like the seventies. And then she transitioned to a doula and now she owns fourth trimester fitness method, which is awesome. It's like online little follow along pre-postnatal stuff. So I love her. She's my idol. So she was my doula. And I'm like, if anyone's going to, you know, help me get this baby out in less push, push time, less of a push time than with Scarlett, which was four hours, <clears throat> four hey. hours of push time. It was bad. It was really bad. And then she ended up being vacuum assisted because I was like, I was about to give up. I'm like, I'm exhausted. I haven't slept in two days. I've been pushing for four hours. And everyone was telling me, purple push. And I'm like, I, this feels wrong. I didn't know at the time, but I was like, this feels really wrong. And it just was not, it was not working. So anyway, she was sucked out with a little kiwi is what they call it. The cute term, but it's a vacuum. Poor girl. She did see a chiropractor after, thank God. <laughs> and the chiropractor, when I told her what happened, she was like, oh, <laughs> like, great. I was like, is she okay? She's like, yeah. But so I was like, I'm not doing that this time. And I really think my, my deep core is just so much stronger this time around. Cause now I've been, I've been doing deep core work for three years, over three years. Cause I kind of did it before I was pre-postnatal certified, but I, like, it's strong now. Okay. And that baby got pushed out in like eight minutes or something. And I took breaks. I was like, can I rest in between pushes? They're like, yeah. I'm like, Okay, so I would just I was I was I gave birth in a deep squat. I don't know if you guys saw that video, but oh, and it went really viral. And my my husband was kind of like, oh, I didn't realize your like personal naked video of you pushing a baby out would go viral. <laughs> and I think he said his dad was like, oh, I didn't you know, I didn't know people these days like shared such intimate moments. And I'm like, listen, I was just trying to inspire. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, so I, I pushed him out in like eight minutes. And I really think it's because my deep core is strong. And because this is the last thing I'm going to say for prenatal fitness, because I really got serious with labor prep this time around. Um, I was filming, you know, she almost plugged that I'll really plug later, but I was filming one of my prenatal like on demand programs this whole pregnancy and I was gonna do a ton of different labor prep videos for that so I think I ended up doing like 10 or so just different labor prep videos and dude that it's that's key relaxing that pelvic floor especially as someone who just naturally I think has a more hypertonic like you know overly tight pelvic floor probably just from all the exercise I'm always doing and my stress but it's really so crucial so I that's the third piece to the puzzle for prenatal program Plus, always focusing on posterior chain more than anterior chain, right? Because we got that. Oh, you hear that? Could you hear that baby? He's waking up down below me. Um, But because, you know, as baby grows, belly gets heavier in the front. We don't need it. And your posture just kind of caves forward anyway. I still do like some chest, you know, and some quads for sure. But like at the end of the day, posterior chain, you know, lats, rhomboids, glutes, hamstrings, um, multifidus, like all that stuff. That's priority. Yeah, you, you, have support. you have to have the support structure in place. Amen. And we lose that booty. So we got to, that's, yeah. that's the vain part of me. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta keep a butt as much as I can because postpartum is going to come and it's going to be wrecked. <laughs> whenever I have boys, whenever I'm pregnant with boys, my butt gets a lot bigger. And my husband is like, so babe, are you going to keep the butt this time? It, it doesn't. Yeah, not. <laughs> um, it's, I remember this random person that I actually kind of know in person so it was really weird that they would be like giving me a troll comment on my Instagram it was really weird but it was when I posted like before and after from my last postpartum and my butt got smaller because I lost fat right and I was breastfeeding a ton and they commented and realized like but that booty on the left though or something like that and I'm like okay ew I'm sorry I wish I could keep it it's the, I can't choose where I lose fat you weirdo oh my gosh so what is before we kind of move on to the next stage what are the biggest mistakes that you see in pregnancy Ooh, with prenatal like fitness, with prenatal fitness yes okay I would say being afraid to lift at all or to do cardio at all, right? Because these are still just like some doctors just unknowingly aren't up to date with the current research from the ACOG, which is that you literally, even if you've never worked out before, it's still more beneficial for you and baby to start a fitness journey, even if you've never done anything before. So don't start obviously don't jump. keep moving. Oh, right. so literally don't jump into CrossFit. Honestly, I truly don't. That's my personal opinion. I don't see the point when you're pregnant. I don't think that that is safe. I don't think it makes sense. It just doesn't. Yeah, that is so much pressure on your linea alba. Sure, there might be someone that's like really, really strong and they're cool, you know, doing it without coning. But I've seen some really impressive um, like CrossFit girls that are nine months pregnant, like, you know, making workout reels. And I don't always see coning on them, like the, you know, outward pressure in the linea alba. But I usually do. There's been a couple where I'm like, oh, she actually just did this, like, what do you call it? Kipping pull up. And, yeah. nine months pregnant. and I didn't really see, you know, much integrity lost. So I mean, it Doesn't makes happen. sense. Right. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But keep you something to say. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. 
The kids are back to school and this means in addition to homework, they will also bring home those nasty classroom germs. Protecting the health of the entire family is key and so too is taking a preventative approach. I trust Stellar Biotics for daily immune and gut health support. With 20 years of science behind their metabiotic and probiotic supplements, Stellar Biotics produces all natural, proven, safe, and effective supplements for everyone in your family, children, nursing mothers, and even pets. I trust them for my own family's immune and gut health support, and I hope that you consider them for your family too. Learn more at StellarBiotics.com and use coupon code DRCC10 to get 10% off of your purchase. But no, it's so true because I did, I did cross. So I played soccer in college and then I got out of college and I was like, I need to do something competitive. And so I jumped right into CrossFit and I got pregnant with Ava and I did CrossFit up until literally the day before I had her, but my body was conditioned for it. And I personally made modifications personally. No one was telling me to do that, but I knew enough from being an athlete that I need to make modifications. And I wasn't doing toe touches and I wasn't doing kip pull-ups and I wasn't doing all this stuff. And I didn't care if it would be a 12 minute AMRAP, I would be like, I'm going to take 45 minutes and I'm going to just do three rounds. You know, like that there's certain things that just don't make sense Yep. in general. I loved my time with it, but looking back, I'm like, (laughs) well, the competitive push is great in a season, but not all seasons. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. You know what? That's actually, this is a little tangent before I, well, no, I can make this one of my points. Actually, we're going to make this a point. So with like the mistakes you see in prenatal fitness, one of the things that I noticed with myself was because I was like the girl that it probably has a lot to do with like how anxious and hormonally imbalanced I was before getting pregnant. But I was the girl that had to do hit every day. For like 60 minutes which is not hit hit is like you know it should be like 20 minutes max I didn't yeah. know that I didn't care or maybe I did know it but I was like no like I can't like that would that would ruin everything because I loved feeling like an athlete so I really did I was like okay every day we're doing some sort of hit for an hour and then we're still gonna lift weights and like it's gonna be the kind of weightlifting where you don't rest between sets and like you're just going go, go. so it's more hit honestly like it makes no so- sense For those that are listening, HIT is high intensity interval training. And it's where you work out, you do a, a, an exercise for 30 to 45 seconds, and then you take a 15 to 20 second break and then you're back at it. So there is a little bit of rest in there, but not, not enough. Yeah. I mean, like the way that I was doing it was just, it was just ridiculous. Cause you really, you know, that's so taxing on the body. My opinion is you really shouldn't do that more than twice a week um and I've seen a lot of clients who have had like if their goal was to lose fat I've seen a lot of clients not be able to lose fat because they over exercised and once most of them don't listen to me and they will keep doing what they're doing and I I can't stop them but every now and then someone will listen to me and they'll cut back a lot and we'll just focus on like actual weightlifting like with rest periods like one to two minutes between sets and you'll let the nervous system get some time to you know chill out before they go into the next set um and just you know only do like walks throughout the week and they usually end up seeing results it's literally insane not always but it's really been crazy so for me I was like really obsessed with like over exercising and then when I got pregnant you just don't need you're not up for that you're literally not up for that and and I am someone that will listen to my body first and foremost 
So I listened to my dang body and I like, you know, barely worked out the first trimester. This is first pregnancy, but honestly, second one too. I just, it's hard. <laughs> that first trimester, you, you know, yes. <laughs> do you work out in your first trimester? Are you able to keep going? Not even in, with Ava, I did with Jada and Jackson, not at all. I mean, the, the first 12 weeks, not at all. And then with Jackson, I kind of jumped right back into what I was doing and was fine with modifications with Jada. What, no, both of them. With this one, I did not work out my first trimester. And then now I'm literally, I walk a lot, but I'm at two days a week of just doing like body weight and bands. And do I'll do, I'm doing some weights, but it's more because I wasn't doing it previously. That it's just like super lightweight and whatever, but only twice Probably a week. hard enough. Yeah, yeah. But only twice a week. I'm like, I, cause I can maintain that. I can sustain yeah. it. That yeah. is so I think, I think your goal for prenatal fitness should be maintenance. I do have like, there's someone right now that I'm friends with who texted me like when she first got pregnant. Cause it was like maybe a little earlier than she had planned to get pregnant with her third. And she was like, girl, like, is there a way to gain muscle in pregnancy? Like, because I'm, I'm just, I didn't get back to where I wanted to be with like fitness and I'm pregnant again. Is there a way to gain muscle? Like, is that possible? And I was like, yeah, I absolutely, I have seen that happen. I totally think it's possible. And that to me isn't irresponsible. If you feel up for it, like that's fine. But you know, at the end of the day, obviously we're not trying to lose weight in pregnancy. I mean, maybe, maybe if you were like, you know, very high risk, like morbidly obese, but you know, that's a special case. So, um, yeah, I was like, absolutely, you know, prioritize protein and, you know, weight lift consistently if you can. And this girl, my friend, she, i just texted her the other day and I was like, you amaze me because I was like you, I really, I, lifted probably two to three times a week and just walked, walked a ton. And first trimester, pretty much nothing. Just some, I would try to do like deep core and pelvic floor work because I knew how important that was. And that was so low intensity, like not a big deal, but yeah, that was about it. And this girl, she's lifting like five days a week and walking five days a week of lifting and then walking, you know, I don't know how many days, days a week. And she's really working on like having enough protein in her diet, taking creatine, all this stuff. Her doctor said that was fine, but like she, she said, I've lost inches, not in my belly, but I've lost inches in my arms, not from fat loss, but like from muscle gain. And I'm like, it's amazing. So I do think it's possible. Um, I do think maintenance would be most people's goal, though. That was my goal. Like, just maintain what I have, you know, like, I'm not over here trying to, you know, exceed, like, my usual amount of muscle. I just want to be strong, you know. So um when prepping for labor specifically, I know you touched on it a little bit with breath work and pelvic floor and kind of that deeper core muscle muscles. Is there, what would you say, or for a client that you have that is prenatal, that's then going into labor soon, do you have different recommendations for that, that specific? For labor, for labor prep? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So usually around 35 weeks pregnant is when you're going to really start labor prep always honestly I'm cueing people their entire pregnancy and even if they're not pregnant to make sure their pelvic floor is relaxed like if they're going to do deep core work right you take your inhale under ribs and belly your exhale pull pelvic floor up wrap deep core in, do whatever the exercises you're doing but then like if it's a kegel or whatever it is relax the pelvic floor between sets like let's say you're doing dead bugs, okay, or whatever, some deep core pelvic floor work, you're doing a set of 10 of those, and then like flip over and go into child's pose and 
inhale and really breathe into the pelvic floor and let it open and relax for 30 seconds to 60 seconds, then go to your next set. That way it's, we're never getting that like hypertonic pelvic floor. We're really trying to open it in between sets or like if you're doing Kegels in between reps. So take the exhale, pull pelvic floor up, hold for a count of five or 10, and then inhale, open it up for 10 seconds and then go again. So really starting that at the beginning of pregnancy is great, but at 35 weeks, we should really start doing dedicated work. Perineal massage is not my favorite thing, but I did do a video on that in my program because I'm like, it can help. I don't love it. I did it maybe like three times, but it is a thing. So, you know, I, I don't need to go into the gory depths of that. You can Google it, but you know, basically you are like using your fingers and stretching out that area between the anus and vagina. And it is, you know, not pleasant. So there's that you can do. You can also do just literally dedicated, um, like mobility routines, which is like low deep squats. I like to still add in thoracic, um, rotation with it. It's like twisting to one side and the other because your thoracic spine gets so tight. That's just a bonus, but I'll do deep squats with that. Um, I'll do that with heels down and then I'll go into like child's pose there. I mean, there's so many good ones. Those are just some common ones. I think people kind of can visualize. Um, but yeah, I love to do that. And then even just incorporating, like if you're still working out at that point, no pressure if you're not, because I didn't feel like it. I felt like a big roly poly at 35 weeks and was like, it was in the summer and in Florida. I mean, it, I think it was hotter than Haiti. Like, I don't know what happened this year, but it was awful. So um, I really wasn't doing too much lifting in that last month. But if I was, I would sneak it in because it's boring. Like, it's really not that fun to do pelvic floor relaxation. So I would like do a set of squats. And then I'd go do, you know, legs up the wall and my feet in a butterfly and I'd breathe for two minutes because you know, at that point, you really can't breathe. Your diaphragm is smushed up there. You're so out of breath from that set of squats. You enjoy that like little, you know, two minute pelvic floor relaxation, then go back to your set of squats. So I just like to like kind of incorporate it in when I can, because people I don't think are going to do it if it's not like habit stacked with something else. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then we've prepped for pregnancy or for birth. We've now had baby. When are you, what are your suggestions postpartum in terms of maybe breath work or pelvic floor and then getting back to their regular routine of working out? Yeah. So I, I've heard from different people and they're all experts. I've heard different like timelines. So, and of course, you know, asking your doctor would be the responsible thing to do. Unfortunately, there are some OBs that just, like I said, just are a little out of touch with the research. And so it scares me to say that, even though I feel like I have to say it, like, you know, because legally you should make sure it's okay with your doctor. But if you have like a seven-year-old OB who hasn't kept up with the research, they're going to be like, don't do anything, you know, until you're cleared. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> so that always makes me sad when I hear that someone was told that. Um, and I just always encourage them to go see a public floor physical therapist and they will tell you that that's not true. So I personally, and I always tell my clients this too, as soon as you are ready and you're feeling like up for it, start some breath work. It literally just has to be breath work. It does not like, we don't have to do a Kegel. Okay. Mm -hmm. On like two days postpartum. Like you, (laughs) if you did a vaginal delivery, like you don't, you don't need to. Yeah. Literally like just, just like let that heal for a little bit and just work on breath work. So that first week or so, C-section or not, like, doesn't matter how you delivered your baby, work on breath work. What we just went over, 
the diaphragmatic breathing, I would just do that, you know, 10 minutes, a couple times a day, like whenever you're done nursing baby and you're laying down, just do it. Um, and then by week two or three, whenever you're feeling up to it, that's when you start adding in like some walks outside, just a nice slow, you know, low intensity walks. And you're working on engaging the pelvic floor just a little bit, like reawakening it and reengaging the deep core just a little bit, nothing crazy. And remember, those are still muscles that need to be, um, you know, rest, they need to rest. So every day is great. But if you're feeling fatigued and tired from it, or even a little sore, like, take a couple of days off and then do it again. So there's no rush with it. Um, but eventually, you know, we want to always progress. So after another week or so of dedicated breath work and pulling up pelvic floor and deep core, then we can start to add in the limbs. So just like a dead bug, but modified things like that, where we're moving other parts of our body while keeping that engagement. And that's really functional because at this point, you know, you're carrying the baby around in the car seat to chiropractor appointment or, you know, the doctor, and it's very awkward. So you have to be able to have that core brace and, you know, really be able to engage the opposite oblique in order to not like compensate. So I actually hear, I feel like more people complain to me about their like um, pains, just different everywhere, pain and postpartum more so than they even do pregnant. I felt the opposite. I was, I hated my pregnancy pains. I was like, my back is killing me. It was the worst. And I always saw a chiropractor and just, uh, I was just in pain. But um, I think it's just how heavy the belly was. But uh, yeah, a lot of moms come to me postpartum and they're like, my back hurts, you know, my shoulder hurts, my wrist hurt, my you know, pelvic floor feels like poo. And I think a lot of it really does come down to just that breath work and proper posture and positioning, right? So that's the other thing is, constantly practicing shoulders over ribs, ribs over pelvis, standing upright. It's awkward. It doesn't feel good. It, you, it's not innate at 2 a.m. when you're doing your third feed of the night, but do your best. And last thing I'm going to say for postpartum is really focusing on that proper breathing and engagement when you're in regular life not just when you're doing your dedicated postpartum work. So when you're rolling out of bed in the morning, when you're, this was so hard for me this time around, was trying to remember in the middle of the night feed to not just sit straight up out of bed to get the crying baby, but to roll over onto my side, press up up from my top hand, right? Engage the core before I do that. And then it was so awkward to like hold him and then have to like come, come down that way. And, you know, not not lose integrity basically in my core, but I did it. And I, I really feel like that's why I don't have like a big diastasis or anything at what am I 11 weeks postpartum. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for, I mean, this is not the, we're not done with Savannah, so we will have her on, on our next episode too, but <laughs> want to um, save a little bit for our next episode as well. So Savannah, where can everyone connect with you on the socials? How can they find you? Um, you know, tell us about your program, like, all the things where can our audience connect with you awesome um well my instagram is strength with savannah and my name does not have an h so s-a-v-a-n-n-a strength with savannah and then my tiktok's the same and then bump club official is my other instagram handle which is just like more of more of what i post on strength with, with savannah but bump club official is the online um like prenatal postnatal programs that I'm doing now I bump my official like prenatal one which is bump club has not launched yet it's very close but the postnatal one has so my 
heal postpartum heal and restore program is out. And that is just like on demand follow along workouts, you know, kind of like a Peloton class, right. But we are going to watch me on a mat and breathing with you. We're going to use just like a little Pilates ball or a pillow. And that's literally all you need resistance band if you want for the later workouts, but it's very focused on everything we were just talking about. And the bump club would be the exact same follow along workouts, prenatal, and they're all very, you know, functional and programmed with being safe, not for the baby, baby safe, but right. Safe on your pelvic floor and deep core and just being really, um, yeah, I guess functional is the word I'm, I'm going for here. Intentional, right. With what we're working. So a lot of posterior chain work. So yeah, those are, those are my two programs right now. And then I am about to work on a return to running program. So very excited about that amazing and we'll have all that linked down below and if you're following the discovery doc on social you'll get there'll be all the things about this episode and all the all the offers so we're we're in cahoots now girl we're in (laughs) yes well thank you savannah we can't wait to continue this conversation next time you're going to join us because we have lots more to talk about but until then let's let's discover together hey discover let's discover more Find episode link in today's show notes. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Discovery Doc. Connect with us on Facebook at The Discovery Doc. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, thediscoverydoc.com. This podcast is produced by Soulpreneurs Association and powered by soulsoftware.co. Empowering your digital journey with innovative solutions. content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourage listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.